Welcome to Back Porch Overs Club, Monday's reaction show based off of last weekend's slate. Uh, this is Nate tonight on the pod. Um, just coming off of a awesome weekend of such a good football. Uh, that that rivalry week did not disappoint. You know, all the way from the pout group of five teams all the way to the Ohio State Michigan game. It was just a thrilling day. A wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. I hope you guys had a wonderful time uh, with your families and just full of joy and love and and peace and the blessing over all you guys. I hope you guys had that. I hope you got to also watch a ton of football um, this weekend that did not disappoint. You thought the previous weekend was really good. This one was set up to be what it was supposed to be. It was phenomenal, phenomenal weekend. Um, it was just narrowing down our top four, find, 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 figuring out who's going to be, you know, top four, top five, um, in the nation when it comes to the committee on Tuesday, it was, it was good football, plain and simple teams that, you know, that weren't supposed to be beating said ranked teams, just, you know, you throw every stat line out of the, out of the book from the last couple weeks, and nothing makes sense anymore. It's just rivals. It's just put your knuckles in the ground, strap up your helmet, and go at it. So uh, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal rivalry weekend and Thanksgiving weekend. We did another great job in our picks this week. Um, in our picks giving, if you saw our, our graphic on that, we were 8-9. and nine. Uh, A few games didn't go our way in the end, but that's okay. Uh, we did a lot of picks this week. We did 17 of them. Um, the most we've done in, uh, the last five, the whole, the whole season. Um, uh, and then our regular pick results, uh, our boy Jake on the back porch, he ended up beating the FPI, uh, to win out by one game, which was 74. It was set, his overall record was 74 in 41 that's a phenomenal. So, if you don't think we don't know what we're doing, we're picking these games correctly. Even though, even with our against the spread, we're still at over sixty percent in our picks. So, we are backing up what we're putting down. Um, so, let's start talking about some this week's football. Uh, let's get into the first game of the weekend, which was the uh, the Egg Bowl. You know, Mississippi, Mississippi, and Ole Miss put a show on for us on Thanksgiving night. You know, the NFL teams, NFL games were phenomenal as well, but Mississippi State and Ole Miss put it together. Um, This was in Oxford. You know, Ole Miss needed this game. They really needed this game, and uh, they were on a two-game losing streak, I believe, or a three-game losing streak. Uh, They needed to stop the water from getting out of the boat or in the boat. Um, the rumors were soaring with Wayne Kiffin about him going to Auburn, getting a big Auburn deal and stuff like that. So, you know, I feel like he did a poor job of controlling the narrative with his team the last couple of weeks. He should have got out front with it and said either I'm not going or, hey, we're going to put that to bed. We're going to focus on the team ahead of us. You know, it. You know, uh, they had the FPI. FPI had them winning this game. Vegas had them as a as a two and a half favorite at home. Um, the over was sixty three, 
which is definitely definitely doable because both teams can score. But they didn't even get close to that with a final score of 24-22. The Bulldogs came to play. You knew Mike Leach was going to do something, um, take advantage of this, and he did. Uh, Ole Miss just did not look good um, from the get-go. You know, Jackson Dart threw it. He, he, had, he went 30 for 38, but 250 yards ain't going to cut it. Uh, and then Judkins, the running back, normally he's over 100 in a game. He had 22 carries for 91 yards, so kudos to uh, that Mississippi State Bulldog defense locking down that running game. And uh, that was pretty much what we said had to be done as a key to the game for Ole Miss. Ole Miss had to run the ball, and they had to control the clock, and they had to keep Mike Leach off the field in that offense with that air raid. And uh, they didn't get it done. And then, uh, obviously, at the end of the game, there was that controversial call. Um, but it was still another great football game. Uh, Mississippi State ends their season 8-4. and four. Ole Miss ends their season 8-4. and four. Ole Miss, you would say, we were projected to win 10 games this year based off of what they had on their roster. Mississippi State was projected to win 9. So both teams kind of did have a, uh, a letdown in their season. But that's just how the seasons are. Both teams are going to get really good chances to prove themselves in a bowl game. So it's going to help them in recruiting. It's also going to help them big time in um, getting another stage to play. So it looks like Ole Miss is probably going to end up in you know, the Music City Bowl or the old Outback Bowl or Mississippi State will either Mississippi, uh, they'll might get the Texas Bowl or the Tax Slayer Bowl or the Music City Bowl in that one. Either way, they're going to all play a really good opponent um, in their bowl game. So it was a, just a, it was a, it was a fun Thanksgiving game. When you're full on turkey, you want to see a good football game. It went down to the wire, and uh, Ole Miss had to get an extra point and or two-point conversion, and they failed. At the end of the day, big players make big plays, and there was just a red zone turnover. So kudos to the uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs in that one. And this game was even through and through. Even Mississippi State had three turnovers. They still were able to come above this one. So kudos to Mike Leach and the and his staff on getting Mississippi State ready for this game. The next one on our slate, uh, Florida, Florida State. We knew this game was going to be good for Florida State. We knew this game was going to be an uphill battle for Florida. And both teams did not disappoint in this one. You know, you take record out. AJ, um, Georgia... Uh, What's his name? Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis has looked so good since the Clemson game. The man has been electric. He has had a completion percentage of 43.3 in the game. He had 20, 270 yards and one yard uh, and one touchdown. Um, he ends his career at Florida State with... He ends his career, he ends his senior year with 199 completions and 315 attempts, 63 completion rating, uh, 2,700 yards passing, average 8 yards, uh, 22 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. Uh, He's he's done a really good job, and 
you know, they've been on a winning streak since that Clemson game. Uh, they're the hot, one of the hottest teams in the nation right now. Uh, they're going to get a phenomenal bowl game to get that 10th win. So kudos to them. Coach Norval, y'all stuck it out this year. That team stuck it out. They showed a lot of grit. They showed a lot of resolve. Uh, so they are due all the success that they have right now. Um a lot can be said about the six and six Florida team. Six and six, what do you expect? You know, first year with Coach Billy Napier. There was a lot of players that left the portal. He got some guys in the portal this year, but I feel like Coach Napier had a lot to. He had a lot to handle that was under the table that, that a lot of people didn't know at Florida this year. Um, yes, they didn't beat their rivals, but. They showed out at home. They did really good at home this year. And a few road games, they did okay. But they didn't quit. And that's one thing about them this year is they didn't quit. You know, they came out every game and did their, they gave their all. And so, kudos to Florida and Coach Napier. It's only looking up for you guys. I expect you guys to get a ton of transfer portals. Uh, guys coming in to help, help build this program. Coach Napier's a risky guy, man. He he'd tell you right now, he in that Tennessee game early this year, he didn't go for it. He never punted once. And he probably and he did he did that a lot this year in, in games that he did he does um was not to be favored in. So he they got themselves a gambler and they like that down there. They like they like guys with Moxie and guts. Um they're gonna get players and they're gonna start they're starting now, so they're gonna get a bowl game. They're gonna get uh you know, one of the early bowl games before Christmas with the SEC is affiliated with. And kudos to them. They've earned it. They can be, they can, they can't hang their head on this season. Uh, as a fan, I know that's disappointing, but uh, there's so much upside in their program going into next year. So kudos to Coach uh, Napier. Uh, of course, no, Coach Norval, uh, Norval. The sky's the limit next year, man. Uh, coming in Florida State. I feel like. They got their guy. It's taking time, and he said it takes time. It takes time. It takes time. But they're going to be a really good team in the following year. Um, go down the stat line. They ran. Florida State runs the ball. When Florida State is good, they run the ball. Uh, Benson for Florida State, 111 yards, three touchdowns. They were a ground game, physical football team this year. And their physicality is going to continue as they continue with the identity of who they are. Just showing that muscle, showing that that grit and that resolve. It was a phenomenal game. So, great game on both ends of that one. Our next game, NC State, North Carolina. This game was a phenomenal game as well. Um, came down to the wire. And uh, NC State was able to make the play. And, and North Carolina wasn't. North Carolina already had... The their uh, division already locked up, so it doesn't really affect them in the championship game. But you know they were pushing top ten, uh, you know a top ten into the season or top ten playing Clemson in the championship game, ACC championship game. So kudos to coach, uh, coach uh, NC State's coach, and did it without their starting quarterback. So kudos to them. Uh, it was another fun game from the get-go. Um, Coach Dorian and them had a rough season. You know, the 8-4 and four 
was their final record. Losing the Boston College wasn't good and Louisville at the end of the season, but they played some tough competition. You know, they they played great at Clemson this year. It was a close game there. Um, they lost a close game to Florida State. They, you know, lost a close game to Boston College. It's been an up and down for them, but they've one done one thing as they keep fighting. They keep fighting. So. Kudos to them. They're going to have a great end of the season. Another good bowl game for them. Probably hit. Probably play one of those Mississippi schools in a in a, in a bowl game. That would be really fun to watch for sure. Our next our next Thanksgiving uh, weekend uh, game that I don't know if anybody watched. It was an early start, but Tulane Cincinnati. This game was phenomenal. Um, down to the wire. Uh, since it was at Cincinnati Tulane had come off of loss previous to UCF, which they did not need to lose to that one. So this game was pretty much the game to take them to the AC to the American Conference Championship. And Tulane since then, you know, since all year they've played they played they beat Kansas State at Kansas State. They beaten everybody they needed to on the road. And they had that really tough loss to UCF. Um a really tough loss to UCF at home a few weeks ago, so they needed to come back a comeback win like this. And beating Cincinnati at Cincinnati is never easy. So um, kudos to them and their program. They're gonna they're gonna play UCF again as a revenge game next in this championship weekend coming up. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good game. I believe UCF is hosting that game. Uh, the winner of the the number one team in the American Conference hosts the championship game. So I expect the bounce house to be rocking. I expect a phenomenal atmosphere for for a um, group of five teams. These guys, I believe the winner of this one's going to go to um, an at-large bid, like the Cotton Bowl or the Orange Bowl. So kudos to these teams. Kudos to Cincinnati for having another good season after last year, That you know, having that huge, massive season going into the going in the playoffs at number four. That was massive for them. So to come back this year with Coach Fickle, with losing a bunch of players to, to uh, pros like Sauce Gardner and uh, Desmond Ritter and all those guys, um, put a 6-3 to a record this year. And then playing a two-lane, playing a UCF, they played uh, Arkansas early on this year. They played a really good schedule. So, you know, the, I tip my hat off to them uh, this year for sure. Uh, I can't wait to see what Tulane does. They're electric. Their their offense is really fun to watch, and so is UCF's. So I, I expect a really good revenge game this weekend for sure. The next game, um, UCF Notre Dame. That game, it, it it had all the all the all the things you wanted to see in a classic. Rivalry game, a classic UCF, uh, uh, not UCF, USC Notre Dame game. Uh, USC needed to win this thing. They needed to come out and win this thing from the get go. And they started off in the first quarter, you know, ten nothing. And so Notre Dame had to climb the mountain back. And one thing USC has done really well this year is when they get the lead, they hold the lead, and they've done a phenomenal job doing that. So, um. Like it or not, the Pac-12 has a chance to get in the playoffs. USC, tomorrow when the playoff projections come out, they should be number five. They should be number five or number four. Um, 
I have them in our four slot. I got Ohio State, Ohio State at number five. But this game was good. Um, another padding their stats, padding their record with another uh, ranked team, another ranked win. They're going to play Utah this week. So it ain't all over for them. Utah is a tough team. They get them on a neutral ground. USC lost to them by one earlier this year. So I look for another phenomenal game. Caleb Williams has come out of nowhere since Hendon Hooker has uh, has ended his season with the knee injury. Caleb Williams, your front runner for Heisman. So he's look for his Heisman moment this weekend uh, against Utah. But I don't see Utah backing down. I see Utah giving them everything they got. Uh, to ruin their party, uh, and why not, right? Um, especially to win the Pac-12 and go to the Rose Bowl. So, uh, be be uh, that is an upset alert game. Uh, so be on alert on that one. But it was just a really good game to watch back and forth. Notre Dame has done a phenomenal job this year. Uh, they had a very slow start to their season. Uh, Marcus Freeman has, I think, he's turned the corner and. He's gotten past that that rough part, and he's found found it. He's found a foundation, and he's found his legs. And so I feel like going into the off season, into their bowl game, in the off season, they're going to recruit well. They're going to get transfer guys. They're going to do whatever they need to do um, to get them ready for next year. And I you know eight and four. I you know six weeks ago I would have told you they were probably going to go six and six. I didn't even think they were going to a bowl game. That's how bad they looked. So they've turned it around in this season. So uh, kudos to them. Uh, USC, 11-1. Sitting at your only loss on the road at one point. So everything's in the balls in their court. Everything, they have the reins to the playoffs. And I believe they're a good team. They showed a lot of good defense, which is weird because they didn't have a lot of good defense early on in the season. And they've... There's one of their Achilles heel, and you look at it, and you're going, all right, where did this come from? So their defense has come along as the years progressed. I see them getting better. I don't see them winning the championship this year, but I see them pushing towards the championship this year. And Caleb Williams comes back. Jordan Addison comes back. These guys are going to have a phenomenal senior year next year. They're going to get transfer guys in the portal. It's going to be another phenomenal um, year for them out in the Pac-12. I don't see them losing any games next year in the Pac-12 with whatever they return back. Their running game is good. Their ground game is good. They're playing physical football, um, controlling the line of scrimmage so uh, Caleb Williams can do what he needs to do. And they're going to be very, very, very um, senior-led next year. So just keep that in mind when you're going into your teams for next year in the offseason. So, the next game, the game, Ohio State-Michigan. This game was phenomenal. This game had Ohio State, everybody had them picked. We all had them picked at our all of our pickums all across the board. Ohio State, it just couldn't ask for a better, better chance at home against your rival, number two in the nation, Number one offense in the nation. Got a top 10 defense in the nation. Like, on paper, you look great. You look phenomenal. But you have to forget 
all of that when you get into a game like this because Michigan came off this game with confidence, going into this game with confidence after last year's victory, going, oh, we got to just smack these guys in the mouth. Because that was last year's argument. They smacked them in the mouth in Ann Arbor. They were soft. They controlled the line of scrimmage. They, I mean, they literally dogged them all last year. And so this year, Ohio State, all they had to do was get grit and get tough and stop playing soft. And what happened? They got beat down in the trenches. Ohio State came out, said, all right, we're going to stop the run. We're going to stop this run. Well, they're going to make uh, J.J. McCarthy beat us. Well, when you go and you send uh, seven guys every time or eight guys every time and you go man coverage and Michigan's offensive line is really good and their uh, running backs can pass block like the best in the in the league in the season, in the, the best in all of NCAA football, you're going to give J.J. McCarthy all day for these one-on-one matchups. And they took advantage of that. They took advantage of that. And you can see that early on in the game. You can see that early on in the game. We go to the game cast and look at that. Early on, Ohio State came out, went down the field 81 yards, but then Michigan State rebuttaled. They had three points, and then Ohio State came back with three in the first quarter, 10-3, and then... Then they went deep. Uh, they made the adjustments in the second quarter. They saw that those say, they, they were bringing uh, heat every time. Hit Cornelius Johnson, 60, uh, 69 yards, boom, touchdown. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State gets a field goal. Then uh, Ohio State continues to blitz. They continue to show um, uh, man coverage. So what does what Michigan do? Why not just go deep, right? So it's two explosive plays right there in the first quarter and second quarter. And then in the third quarter, they lead with another uh, 45-yard pass to uh, Colston Loveland. It was putting it a 24-20 game. That's three explosive plays right there, all because Ohio State continued with the same thing, stacking the box, trying to stop the run. And they were, because Michigan at halftime only had eight yards rushing. Like, that was the game plan. So you knew Coach Harbaugh and his staff was going to do something, and they saw it, and they took advantage of it, right? Why not throw it deep? And then you go to the fourth quarter. Um, uh, it's a 24-20 game going to the fourth quarter. Uh, Michigan had a long drive of 13.13 minutes, 81 yards, typical running the ball, hitting the short passes, running the ball, hitting the short passes. To make it 31 to 20. At that point, you would say you would say that Ohio State had enough. That long drive, they were getting their teeth kicked in. It was slobberknocker football, big boy football, and Ohio State once again proved that they don't have it. They're soft. They had a they played a soft season. They played a soft record. They played uh, pre- precision football, right? They played beautiful ballerina football. But in the Big Ten, you can do both. But you can do it with some big boys, right? So then the next two possessions, 38, uh, Donovan Edwards, 75-yard run, opened up the hole, one play, 75 yards. Ohio State had enough there, tapping out. And then when the they go three and out after that, three minutes left in the game, Donovan Edwards again, 85-yard run, three plays, 92 yards. Oh, Michigan submitted their will in this game and kudos to them 
I believe Michigan is a great matchup to uh, to um, to Georgia. We're going to see it in the national championship game because Michigan, they're going to come out, be number two or number one on Tuesday's polls. I can't wait to see it. Their uh, matchups against uh, TCU or USC is going to be – I'd love to see that. It's going to be great. But I really hope I see Michigan and uh, Georgia play each other in the national championship game because they're the two most physical teams in the nation. They're the two teams that want to run the ball and then hit the play-action passes. So uh, it's going to it's gonna be a schematic to game. It's going to be a chess-playing matchup for these co- coaches. So I, I, that's my prediction on that one. Um, uh, I could be wrong. I don't know. But the way Michigan got beat last year in the national in the national spotlight in the playoff game by Michigan by by Georgia put a bad taste in their mouth. And I know they came back this year, and that and their level of intensity in their workouts and the level of intensity in their practices because they hit that standard. They played a Georgia team that had that standard, and they know how to reach that now. And no other team in the Big Ten or even the nation has the offensive line and the defensive line to combat Georgia. So I, I'm seeing Michigan, um, based off of what I saw, I saw a lot of different things than I saw in the beginning of the year. Um, it seemed like they opened up their playbook more this time around than um, the rest of the season. That could have been strategic or not. But you can get a lot more done with McCarthy than McNamara, and so, and with Quorum coming back, coming in healthy, they'll they'll easily do whatever they want with with Purdue uh, in the championship game. But I can see them giving Georgia everything they and the run for their money in a national championship game for sure. All right, that was uh, that was that game and then the last game I want to talk about Clemson South Carolina kudos to South Carolina this is out of four weeks three out of four weeks they've beaten uh, a top 25 teams two weeks in a row with them with the back against the wall playing teams that were looking to go in the playoffs and they figured it out right we talked about the the Tennessee game and how they came out with just a fire. And Spencer Rattler playing like he was supposed to play when he came into the league as a freshman in Oklahoma. Finally, seeing his talent and seeing his ability on paper uh, was phenomenal. But this game, they didn't play perfect. They didn't play perfect, but they played as a team. And this South Carolina team, the momentum that they have going into the offseason is great. Eight and four, a little under expectations, but I think their fan base can look past that. Going to a year three, going to go into one of those really nice bowl games, Tax Slayer Bowl, Outback Bowl, or Music City Bowl against teams that we've already talked about here. Kudos to South Carolina. Kudos to them. They're, they found ways to win. They found ways to have fun and stay together as a team. So um, tip of a hat to Shane Beamer and those guys. They're going to recruit fine. They're going to get guys in the transfer portal that are going to want to be there. They're pitching family first, and you can see that. These guys are playing for each other. Spencer Rattler needs to come back uh, his for his free year and, uh, and and show us what he can really do next year. Uh, Satterfield, their offensive coordinator, is left. 
the program as of today. He's resigned from this position. He's picking up the same exact position at Nebraska. So good for him. Um, Nebraska hired Matt Rule and Satterfield will be fine there, I believe. So whoever they pick up is going to be a really good offensive coordinator and is going to see the pieces that they have, especially with Rattler, and, and they're going to expose that and they're going to uh, make that so much better than it was this year. What happened to Clemson? That's the question. You lose to Notre Dame. It looked really bad. DJ Ugalanglele, whatever his name is, he's looked mediocre all year long, and Dabo Sweeney has just constantly put him out there every game. If you have a better quarterback option behind him, play him. Eventually, the team will quit on you if they see that you're going to keep playing the guy that's not getting it done. I've been in those situations. On defense, it's very demoralizing when the offense goes out there and they do not can they do not show any life. They continue going three and out. It's demoralizing. You sit there going, "What am I playing for?" So what is what is Clemson playing for? Like, yeah, they're playing for a playoff, but not with DJ. Like, it's a waste of a year for Clemson. Like, your, t- your talented roster alone is just as good as everybody in the top 10 right now. Probably better than Alabama. Probably better than Ohio State. Your, your talent is insane. Your depth is insane. What are these coaches doing? Like, that is my number one thing with Clemson. What are you doing, man? So, Clemson played a great game, but then they just... They got Beamer balled in their head, and they started doing trick plays and stuff like that. It was just bad. You know, Will Shipley ran the ball for 15 carries for 132 yards. That's big. South Carolina can't stop the run, so I don't know what these coaches were doing at all. I really don't know what they were doing. Um, I don't even know if they watched game film. It looked that bad. Um, South Carolina, when the ball's moving your way and things are going your way, kudos, man. Y'all took advantage of that. Y'all had to score... Y'all scored on two great short yardage um, because of turnovers. So, I'm, I t- hats off to you. You made the SEC look good in this one. Like, Clemson, man. Like, what is going on? Um, they're slated to look like they're going to the Orange Bowl, 10-2 Orange Bowl, against a Tennessee team who, just like South Carolina, wants to embarrass you. So, Clemson, you better figure it out um, going into the bowl game and the offseason. Uh, so, and Dabo, you better figure something out offensively because you you can't just rely on that defense any any longer. You gotta score. You gotta score games, man. And then the Oregon Oregon State game. This was a, another trap game. Oregon looked like they had a really good season going on. They're now they're nine and three. They could have ended ten and two. They could have played in the uh, Pac-12 championship game against USC. Would have been a phenomenal game. Would have loved to see Bo Nix in that one. But things happen weird at the end of the year in Corvallis. Uh, Oregon State has had a phenomenal year this year. 9-3, and 6-3 and three in the Pac-12. No one's talking about them. They're going to play in a really good bowl game. I hope they get a really good draw and they show out because they don't get a lot of exposure when it comes to national um, uh, recognition. But they're a little frisky, funky team, man. You don't want to play them, especially at home. So... Uh, kudos to Oregon State. 
uh, uh, pulling that win at 38-34. Uh, to 34. And, you know, Dan Lanning, first year at Oregon. Stein and three is not bad. But what do you do next year without Bo Nix? So that's the number one thing you want to see right there. What are you going to do without Bo Nix? Oregon's going to get a nice bowl game. And, uh, and that's pretty much the end of their season right there. Want to give some attaboys out this year uh, out of the weekend. Attaboys for sure. Uh, South Carolina, y'all, two weeks in a row came to play. Um, I didn't think y'all could do it, and y'all did. Two weeks in a row is very, especially this one on the road to a, to a rival. So that is definitely an attaboy to y'all. Uh, the next attaboy is going to Florida State. Nine and three season. No one saw that coming, especially from the very first game of the season against LSU. That was good. You guys turned it on after the Clemson game and been the hottest team in the nation, in my opinion, moving all the way up to our ranking, number 12 in our rankings. Uh, y'all are probably going to end in the poll around 12, 13, 14. Um, it was, it's good to see that. So we we'll, can't wait to see what y'all do with this momentum going into the offseason. And then the next one, Attaboy. It makes no sense, but we're going to give it to Texas A&M. They don't even get a bowl game, but they put it all together at the end of the season, winning their fifth game against LSU at home. Something about that game, LSU, uh, Texas A&M at home. Texas A&M does something magical always around Thanksgiving time. So uh, my Attaboy is to Jimbo Fisher getting his guys to play. They don't have a great offense still. Their defense is phenomenal. Um, he's His coordinator has stepped down, so he's going to bring in someone young, someone youthful. A lot of, a lot of the early talks are Tom Herman, uh, Chad Morris, um, who else? Some other coaches, too, that had head coaching jobs. I think Tom Herman would be a good fit there. Chad Morris, definitely not. Um, but he's going to have to bring in a new staff, a full, full, uh, rehaul overload of his entire offensive staff. His defense and staff is fine, but in order to keep his job for next year, they're going to have to bring in a new staff, something new, something fresh that these, uh, these young kids are used to calling something that they don't have to require a lot of thinking. Uh, they have the talent. It's there. So, but kudos to them. That's my last attaboy of the day on that one. Man, it's it it has been a dream of a weekend watching these college football games, and it was super fun. Um, and uh, I just want to say thank you for listening to our little podcast that we have. And uh, I'm excited uh, about this weekend's championship games. We have a good slate of championship games, seven of them. Starting on Friday night with the Pac-12 championship game, uh, you I might be the best game of the weekend actually with Utah for uh, USC. So be on the look on that one. That's at Fox on eight o'clock uh, tomorrow on Tuesday. We're going live uh, with Scott. Scott and I are going to talk about the games coming up this week. It's going to be really fun having Scott back. Uh, I love doing these, but I love doing them better with my friends. And the boys on the back porch, so I'm glad to have him with me. And then uh, we're going to move into the offseason, into the championship games, get our pick'ems in, get everything in there. Um, if you're listening, we're having a bull pick'em, free to the public. Please join us. You can find that on our Facebook page or our um, Instagram page. Um, 
or if you're on ESPN for the bull pickums, just uh, just search backboard back porch over club. Um, it's been real. It's been fun, and uh, please continue to share, like, and subscribe and follow us uh, for all of our football content. We're going to be heading into the bowl season and then slowly transitioning to college basketball. And uh, super excited about that. And uh, I love seeing this grow, and it's super fun. So thanks, guys. This has been real. This has been Nate. And uh, talk to you later. Bye.